You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. Lovely start to the week, David. The US futures coming out of the blocks because of some politically motivated plasma cure that has been uh, <laughs> trumpeted by Mr. Trump last night. And then uh, everyone, everyone grabbed onto that. And of course, the, the line of least resistance is, is to the upside at the moment in the US stock markets. Uh, so up they went. The Far East was doing very well as well. And the JSC has followed it. So a lovely day. It is. Look, I, I'm not buying the vaccine yet. No. The vaccine will come, but it's, it's some time away. In fact, if you go into what Trump originally wanted, he wanted the vaccine that AstraZeneca and Oxford University are making, you know, to be released immediately. Mm-hmm. And the FDA have come and said, you do that, we resign, you know, and I mean senior executives, because it compromises their position that, uh, that, that, that they can be politically motivated or influenced by politics to release something that hasn't gone through the, the usual test. So, you know, he then hops on, Trump hops on to something else. And, and, and grabs onto that. But I think whatever way we look at it, yes, we're getting closer to some kind of solution. Yes. And probably, you know, Lindsay, I still think we're six months to a year away from complete uh, safety or, you know, the, the confidence that, that we can get back to a normal life. I don't see it happening uh, certainly not before the year end and maybe even the first quarter of 2021. So I think that's with that in sight, you know, that's where people or uh, investors are focusing. And and along the way, rates are going to remain low. And as long as rates remain low, as long as remain, <laughs> rates are in negative territory, um, <laughs> I'm talking in a real terms, yes. um, the markets are going, you know, people are going to be prepared to pay up for earnings. And, and that's where we are. Uh, you've heard us, uh, certainly Nick and myself, we, we, we've been cautious along here just trying to work out why there is this uh, momentum behind it. We've been bullish. You know, we, we're natural bulls. We're not going bare of the market. But I think that it's exceeded uh, where we thought it would be. You know, far far exceeded the the year uh, the levels that we would have thought that the market would have. Even you, I mean, as natural bulls, yeah. you and Nick Kunzer, and we'll be speaking yeah. in our three way chat tomorrow mm. tomorrow evening. But even you two have probably been surprised by the yeah. ferocity and the rapidness, if that's the if that's yeah. the word, of the of the rally. And it just yeah. th- and that must make you feel a little bit. Wait a second, this is, this is a little bit too much. Uh, what you got? You got Robin Hood. You got the Fed. You have got uh, Donald Trump. There's something not quite right here. It's been a little bit too quick. It's not wrong, but it's been too quick. Well, it, it's too quick. The the problem is that we you try and look for the sell down, and there's no hint of anything that's going to topple it, uh, other than maybe it just fizzles out. You know, fizzles out means it gets too. Um, it gets too frothy and people just say, okay, well, we're going to buy at a lower pace or not going to buy. But I think the counter to this, and this is where I have problems, is that where are people putting their money? If they're not going to put it into the equity market, they're not going to, I doubt whether they want to put it into the 10-year bond market or the bond market or credit markets where I think the risks are probably higher than, than the equity market. So you've just got this trickle in of funds that, you know, that are now starting to come into the equity market. Yeah. Um, are the valuations um, in a bubble territory? Not really. They're very, very high and they stretch. 
but I still think they can, uh, you know, you can get them going up a, a little bit more. But I'm, I, you know, am I rushing in now? Am I telling people you've got to go in now? You know, now's the time. No, not at all. You know, and in fact, you know, Lindsay, just to, to explain it, uh, yes, we've been going into the market. And I always trickle money in. I never, you know, if someone gives me money, I don't just hit the market straight away. And then, so we've done it in tranches. And then other clients come back and the question is, so when's the next tranche, you know? Yeah. And I'm saying, well, let me wait. You know, I'm, not, I'm not in any exciting mood, you know, to buy Apple at these kind of levels or to buy Amazon at these levels or anything else. On the other hand, even though those shares that have been bombed out, I, I, I don't see them recovering. I understand what I'm saying. The value investment, yes. the opposite of where we are, because there are two markets. There's the uh, at-home market, you know, which is the nice word that they use for people who are uh, for the businesses that are, are are benefiting from the lockdown, and then those that aren't, you know, those that have been hurt dramatically. I'm not ready to go into those yet. It's an interesting one, David, because there's a friend of ours, a broadcasting friend of ours, who I speak to every week. He's of our ilk, uh, our age. He's not as old as you, um, not not quite as young as me, but, uh, you know, but he's has been saying for the last three to four months, I'm not going into the market. He's bullish. He's a natural bull like you and Nick Kunzer are. He's a natural bull, Mm -hmm. uh, but he hasn't been putting the money that he's got waiting in the wings on behalf of his clients into the market. And it's getting to the point now where I ask him every week, when are you going to break down? When Mm -hmm. are you going to say, I've been wrong. I thought the market would come back 10, 15% after the the bounce back. I mean, we don't need to go into percentages or anything, but when are you going to throw in the towel and buy? And when I look at the markets this morning, uh, from the early hours of this morning, we're breaking through to record highs on the S&P, record highs on the NASDAQ futures, etc. I think to myself, if I was in his position, I would say, well, if I want to keep my job, I've really got to start deploying some of this cash. Do you know what I mean? That, you know, that's a danger. That, 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 it, it's such a difficult position to be in. Because you feel this pressure behind you. Instinctively, you follow. You've been on the market for, for many, many years. You know, you don't feel comfortable, and yet you've got this pressure behind you. Yeah. That's, you know, of, 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 of people saying, you know, you've got to buy. You've got to become involved. It's a very difficult position. I just, uh, you know, I respect him if he just says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix my motor cars in the garage or I'm going to. You know, How did you know who I was talking about? <laughs> no, we mustn't talk yeah, about a person a behind big, their back. <laughs> no, it's a very difficult position. It is a very, very I, difficult I, one. Now. I, yeah, I, you know what? You know, Lindsay, to put it, to give you, to put it in perspective, um, I dread new clients coming to me with money at the moment. You know, um, are you with me now? Where they say, yeah. You know, I want to come to you. Here's money. So, oh my God, why didn't you come a year ago or, <laughs> yeah. or 18 months ago? That's or that, in 2009 that's so, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind of that 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 explains the difficulty that we are in at the moment. You know, when you get these kind of markets, you do like, you know, number one, you like to see numbers. You can't move away from the fundamentals. You know, you've got to look at the company. How's it doing? How is it going to be, you know, doing down the line three to five years? Where is it going to be? So those are the kind of tools we use. And at the moment, um, it's, it's, those tools are, are, are kind of at the top end of where we would have gone into the market. So, yeah, that, that explains it. But look, we're, we're, it's making us, those who've been in the market, it makes us look very, very good. Uh, I'm not in a position now to to sell out, 
you know, I still think that I don't feel the pressure. That's the other side of it. I don't feel the downside pressure yet. Mm. I don't feel that people want to get out. Mm. Um, and you, you know, it's yeah, and and it's difficult to reconcile all of it. But we we you know we're just going to go through the next few months and see what what it brings. I keep saying this to you: you can't drive on a GPS, boy. You know, you can't use your satellite dish. You've just, uh, I mean, your satellite. You've just, you've got to drive every meter or every kilometer with your eyes, you know, uh, fixed very, very carefully on the road. That's the kind of market we're in. And the market we're in today is a good market, especially on the yeah. JSC. Well, including the JSC, rather. Uh, ABSA came out with its numbers today, came out with an appalling trading yeah. statement a week or so ago. Yeah. Uh, but today yeah. the market has said, well, we know what we, we know about this. We knew about it a week ago. And so the share price up uh, a couple of percent, two and a half percent, whatever it is. But again, yeah. banks, I, I don't, don't touch them. Why would you? Mm. You know, they're, they're, um, I really, when I look at the numbers, here you are, management is giving you a very strong message. It's saying, look, we've done okay. You know, we're getting in more deposits. We're making more loans. But we don't know whether we're going to get that money back. We le- we've lent money. And to be honest, uh, you know, under the new rules and regulations, you've got to make a call on whether those clients are going to pay you back. And they're saying, well, not quite likely. Mm. So they know the profile of those businesses. And I'll tell you, you know, you know, you know I'll tell you something that – I, it's not only the construction workers or the restaurant, the waiters in the restaurant. You're going to tell me this, uh, doctors. This you're going to tell doctors. me the professional story again, aren't you? The, the doctors yeah. and the lawyers, aren't That's you? That's what I'm saying to you. Mm. Yeah, they're all being, you know, brilliant. Now, there's some richer than others, but uh, it's not across, you know, it's not. That's where the misperception is. So, oh, no, don't worry. You know, it's more going to hit a capi tech then it would hit first round or something. I don't think so. And I think mm. also those businesses as well, smaller and medium-sized businesses are being squeezed. And if you go through these results, you know, which I try to do religiously, you know, I, I just try to get a feel for how businesses are shaping up. Things are tough. And the write-offs, Lindsay, the impairments. Mm. And when do you, why do you impair an asset? You impair an asset because you're not getting a return on it. <laughs> in other words, you know, you've bought an asset, as um, you know, as we've seen some businesses, and um, they, you know, they've got to write off, um, they've got to write off these businesses to to real returns, to you know, to the returns they're getting. So the amount of destruction to balance sheets has been enormous. Who, who went into Spain? Yeah, it was Bitcorp. Sorry. Bitcorp goes Bitcorp, yeah, Bitcorp, 6% yeah. down today, a trading statement, yeah. um, mm. which, which is a big move for a big company. And obviously, there's Bidvest and there's Bidcorp. They're split it up. Mm. If I drive around um, Rotterdam or Amsterdam, wherever I am, I see uh, bid food trucks all over the place. So they're, they're obviously doing yeah. business, but not as much business as they were doing a year ago. Well, of course. Do you know why? It's because they um, – they, they they deliver to restaurants. They deliver to canteens. You know that's what they do. They're a food services business, yeah. a logistics business. But logistics in the sense that that's you know every restaurant that you go to, you 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 sit down there and there's a pack of sugar which has been or the toothpicks which have come from Bitfest <laughs> or Bitcore. Sorry, you know yes. that's 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 what they do. Well, the cheeses come there, and you know that's great business, but. Their business is being just absolutely ravaged by, um, you know, by the lockdown. I mean, it's all their customers. So not only have they had to uh, 
um, you know, not only have they lost in income, but they're also worried about, and here I'm coming to the same thing. They're not worried about, oh, we've lost business. They worry about, hold on a sec, <laughs> are our debtors going to pay us? And that's what they've said. They've made a, they made 785 million rand provision against receivables, you know, yes. people who owe them money. Those restaurants that owe them money might not pay, so they've had to make provisions against there as well. Then a lot of the, can you imagine if you had bought cheese or something like this? Now, well, I don't know. You know the cheese better than I do from there, but I mean, can it go off? <laughs> I'm sure that that these foods, fresh foods, go off as well. You know, stuff that they I do. I don't eat cheese. Better. I must admit, I don't eat cheese. Certainly not Dutch cheese. It's, it's processed. It's yellow. Why do you think the Dutch are so tall? Because they eat so much blooming cheese. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. Let's talk about Old Mutual now. When I look at the insurance companies, I look, I look at Sanam, I look at Old Mutual, I look at Liberty and the others, and I think, God, I mean, if you, if you were a young person, someone trading mm. with Robin Hood or something, or someone who's just given yeah. David Shapiro a couple of million rand at Sassfin mm. and said, right, I like you talking on, on the radio and on the TV every week. I want you to invest my money mm. for me. You wouldn't put them into an insurance company, would you? It's so boring. No, no, it's not no, it, it's boring, no, but it's just no. a little bit pedestrian. Boring is the wrong word. Yeah, pedestrian. Yeah. yeah. I've never liked them. I've never liked insurance companies because, uh, because of that very point. And that's how they make money. Where they've been attractive is that they generate lots of cash in bull markets. They, they uh, charge fees to their clients. They charge performance fees and so on. And they make uh, good money and they pay you good dividends. But I agree with you. They're very, very boring. Mm. You know, there's nothing there that, that grabs you. And that's why I can't get carried away about culture or momentum or mutual or sundown no. or any of those financial services businesses. Good companies. Yeah. But on the other hand, as you say, the opportunity cost of being in them is not no, something no. that you should be embracing no. as a financial no. manager. No. no. Okay, let's have a look at they, something else they, as well. I talked about you this they, morning. They would equal GDP. You know mm. what I mean? Those companies equal GDP. Mm. And GDP is zero in this country. Uh, zero, fa yeah. Famous brands has uh, sold its co yeah. controlling stake in your favourite place, Tasha's. Yeah. Now this is like yeah. going short of the market. You go short of the market by selling to famous brands if you're the Tasha's owners. The value of your company uh, falls, and then you buy it back. So they went short, and they're buying back now. Is that the case? Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Uh, there's all kinds of. Uh, you know, it was Hedewick who probably bought them. Uh, he bought I, everything. I didn't realise it was back. I didn't realize it was all the way back in 2008. I didn't think it was that far yeah. down, you know, far away. I thought it was uh, uh, much sooner. But anyway, so they've held it for a long time. Look, she's uh, um, Tasha, and Natasha has expanded. You know, at that stage when they bought her, she only had a couple of restaurants. So she's got quite a few now, and I'm surprised to see about eight of them in the UAE. And uh, so she had a very strong, good brand. Um, and, and, and probably I don't think that, that uh, a famous brand was able to perhaps provide what she did on a personal thing. She would walk around, boy, and if that minestrone wasn't good, she'd slap the cook, you know, that, you know, you know those kind of uh, yes. uh, CEOs. Not, not, I don't mean literally slap, but she had a standard, and when she walked around a restaurant, boy, you could see an operation. She was great. You know, I I knew her from the very first one that she opened in Athol Square. Oh, uh, yes. I think she had she she had one in Bedford View, but I don't think that was Tasha. First was Bedford View. I was uh, I think it could have been under another name, but 
boy, and it was a wonderful place and became very popular. And then, of course, she moved to, uh, you know, to Mel Resort and to other places, Sampson, et cetera. But she had a wonderful menu and an incredibly good business person, business lady. You know, I, was, and, I remember when I lived in Constantia mm-hmm. and of all the places, I mean, even during during times that were economically more viable than mm-hmm. they are now and people had more money to spend, you would see Tasha's. There would be a queue at Tasha's and I could never understand yeah. it. But I, I've never eaten there, but I suppose the menu must speak for yeah. itself. Exactly. I mean, she had a very good man, a very good standard of food. Yes. And I think she wants to get that back. You know what I mean? I think maybe under a place like Famous Brands, and I'm not attacking them. You know, when you've got a, a, a conglomerate or an organization that's, that's got so many different brands and that you can't maintain the same kind of control that she did over it, you know, and that's, that's probably why. I like talking about food, and I do with Wayne McCurry. Um, what do you eat when you go to Tasha's? You're probably one of these people that sits down and has the same thing, like an Eggs Benedict or whatever it is. I, it's, it's strange. I'm trying to think what I do eat there. But um, it's normally kind of snacky food in that. But but they're they're you know they're good me they're good what's the names are are very good. They're uh, um, you know they are steaks and uh, various other food that they make at that level. But I love to have the um, I can't pronounce it the Mexican flatbreads and I love you know I love all kinds of uh, um, you know whatever they do. Produce. I love their chips as well. So yeah. <laughs> Listen, am I am I mad or yes. are there people in North Carolina? Has he got crowns there, um, or is that visual? Is or is that virtual? What do you? No, he hasn't got. He hasn't got. It's, there was. I think there was a side a side show, but um, I'm watching CNN. I can't. I'm, I'm looking at Belarus. I'm or, looking at. Or, I'm looking at Mince. You're talking about the Republican National Convention. Oh, virtually. Yeah, sorry. I think that might have been last year because <laughs> I, I just got a fright when I see. It says four-day RNC held, which is a Republican Party, held virtually delegates meet in North Carolina. So I don't think they're going to have people there. I think that might have been last year's. I would have anyway, thought so. But know. we'll talk about Trump later on. Anyway, and lots of mm. other things to talk about now because we've got Aspen Pharmacare up 10% yeah, after a yeah. cautionary announcement. Uh, cash build up 1.7%. Cap, which is uh, Nick Kunz's um, recent favourite, up 12% on the day. City Lodge down 8% after the results of their rights offer. Tonga Hewlett down four and two thirds. Let's start with Aspen. Why is it up 10%? Mm. What, what's happening there? I, it, it's obviously they're going to sell another crown jewel. Oh. You know, and I think they're just bringing down their debt. And, you know, that, that's been their burden. And I think the fact that they're actually bringing it down is, um, you know, the market's responding very positively. It just gives them uh, just, just more ability to get out of this. Yes. So um, I, I think that's why. Bringing down their debt, their in other business. words. Mm, mm. Mm. I don't know their – you know, it's, it's look, it's a worry. Don't – uh, they got themselves into a debt burden and that. And when you have to sell out your your businesses, that's not a sign of strength. That's a sign of weakness. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got to hope now that once they've got their debt lower, that whatever remains um, you know, gets, uh, gives them the right kind of revenue and earnings, you know, which are mainly the, the, those two big drug deals that they did, I think, for thrombosis and for uh, – Anesthetics. 
anesthetists. What's it? You get the words right. No. <laughs> okay. you know not, what with, I mean? not with those funny syllables. The one that puts, syllables, custom, sorry. That, that puts people to sleep when they have operations. That's the other four of, you know, thrombosis drugs. <laughs> Analgesia. I've got other oh, things anyway. that put me to sleep <laughs> without, without having to have anesthetics. Um, David? So, uh, it's, a, it's a good sign for me. Remember, this is a 440 share. Yeah. It's trading at 140. So mm. it gives an idea. This is a – I don't want to put it in the same category as Hassel, but they're trying their best to, to get it down, and then, then they're going to have to concentrate on those operations. That was well – I mean, that thing mm. went to the 50s, 60s, I think it was mm. at some mm. stage. Anyway, mm. let's have a look now at um, City Lodge, which has fallen uh, mm. 8% today because of the rights issue. Where Did people not take up their rights? Why is it down so much? That's quite a I big move. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I find it very peculiar. The, the movements lately have been very odd. You know, a good friend of ours mentioned that Joffy was in the hunt. You know, that was a rumor. And I'm, yes. I'm saying these are rumors, which uh, I don't think there's any truth around it. I saw the shares go up 16% one day. And subsequent to, the, to that, they've unwound it. Yes. Um, I think, to be honest, I think at these levels, it's, it's an absolute throwaway, and it's it's a tragedy. It's not even a throw; it's a tragedy that a business of this uh, magnitude or a business of this quality, you know, finds itself caught in in where it is at the moment in a lockdown, where there are no people coming, no business travellers as well. And they've also got to rethink their whole brand, you know, because people are not going to travel like they they used to. So. It's it's and they're you know they're well represented in areas where business people gather. This is not a this is not a holiday place. This is not for for holiday people. This is not on the beach. You know, it's not anywhere like that. So I I just find it it's just so sad that that they are there. I think I think their market cap. I'm going to just get it for you. But I think. It, but while you know, you're doing that, David, why while you're looking it up, you were the one that said to me that you used to go down and see person, a client of yours, a long-standing wealthy client of yours on the west coast of the Western Cape, yes. and you used to go and see him uh, maybe two, three times a year. And we now used to go four times a year, exactly. And now it, it may be once a year, or it may be not at all. And you do it via Zoom. And you would probably have been the the classic city lodge yep. uh, kind. Yep. I mean, I know you're, mm. you you'd probably be quite flash and, and go to the Cape Sun or something like that. Mm -mm. But you would you if mm. you replicate your experience and the way that you've changed your business dealings. Imagine what that means to City Lodge. It's what? not difficult to work out. Even I can understand no. it. No. Um, Absolutely right. So we would go there four times a year. What I used to do is wake up at four o'clock in the morning, mm. quarter to four, in fact, to get uh, a six o'clock flight. Right. Fly down there, half past eight, drive up to the you know the west coast, which is another hour, and then you know meet for an hour, hour and a half, maybe a little more, and then reverse the whole process and you know come back again. Yeah. So not only was it an expense, uh, and and I've got to tell you the other thing is this is strange, and, and, and you can criticize me as well. Because we were driving up there, you can't – if you sit in the back of the plane, you don't get biscuits. I mean, you don't get breakfast. You get on that plane at 6 o'clock, and they throw you a wafer, and they throw you a glass bottle or something. I don't know what you get. And I was always found that I was dying, so I said, please, just do me a favor to the firm. Just send me business cards so I can sit in the front and mm. at least have, you know, one of those uh, – just, just have a decent breakfast – so that I'm well prepared. So 
I would, you know, we would fly four times a year, you know, but I mean, to go down to Durban or anything, or even Cape Town and business, just such a ridiculous expense. But this is one that I did do. And the other reason I did business class is that I wanted to be in the front of the plane. So as we landed, I could rush out. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to wait for the plane to unload, rush out to get the car to go up north. So work that out. That's four business class tickets from our point of view. And I've saved four days of, of work. No, I understand. Exactly. I would, I would do exactly uh, the same, especially if I was um, in your position. David, <laughs> uh, Blue Label Telecoms came came out with an updated I trading it. statement. It came out at 16.08. The share price is up uh, 8%. Uh, you haven't looked at it, but again, I noticed uh, that Celsius is closing down 128 stores today. Did you notice that? And that was a, an announcement that came uh, out, which is, uh, which is, I suppose, is just... Yeah. yeah. I, look, this is... Uh, Mm. These the Levy boys have got to rebuild the business. I mean, they 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 wrote off, but you know that that farce in trying to buy Celsius together with the people who backed them. I think Net One, yeah. they wrote off five and a half billion. I mean, in two years or whatever it was, it was just a crazy amount. He has a share that was trading at I don't know twenty six rand sixteen, whatever it is, is just hovering at, at the bottom. Are they going to be able to build this business again? I can't see it. Do you know what I mean? I can't. I, I just simply, it, it's it's a nice little cash business to have on the side. You know, if you're running this, I don't I don't know where they're going to make money or growth into the future. You know, at a time where people don't want to pay for the product anymore. So, you know, I, I'm looking at at, at mobile businesses. It has to remake itself. So. Uh, probably they'll start to try and recover some of their, uh, you know, their former glory and generate a little bit of cash and that. But I, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't see much upside for them. And it's not, it's just the business. It's business, and also, you know, the fact that they're actually still there after writing off five billion is still a mystery to me. But you one know, day, that's how things operate. <laughs> one day you're going to sit operate, down. Yeah. One day you're going to sit down. We'll have an educational. You're going to tell me because I don't understand. You'll give me the theory of writing off, write downs, impairments, no. and all that sort of thing because you're an accountant mm. and you understand mm. these things. Because people mm. say, I read these results and they say, well, we wrote off uh, this or uh, we impaired mm. uh, uh, five mm. billion here or mm. uh, three billion there. Mm. And I think, what does that mean? You mean it's worth nothing anymore? You've lost all this money. Well, you, I don't, I don't you, understand. You've it. lost shareholders' money. You've lost everyone's money that had faith yeah. in you. Yeah. But I need yeah. to know exactly. the tax implications, why I, they do it and why they can't just come out and say, mm. we lost this money because we're idiots. Yeah. It, well, you, you know what? I, I, I tried to explain it the other day from our business. Mm. Uh, you know, I said, can you imagine? You're my client and I buy you Cecil at 600. Okay. So what is it? I buy you 100 shares at 600 Rand. Okay. <laughs> like they're now 130 or 140. And I said, sorry, Lindsay, <laughs> got that one wrong. I'm taking your cost. So in future, when you see your portfolio, your new cost is going to be 140. I messed up. You know what I mean? Mm. We got this wrong for that. And I say, so I'm just writing it off. And now, from now on, you're going to judge me at 140. And you say, okay, that's fine. I wouldn't that's say right. that's fine. No, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Come around and duff but you what, up. <laughs> but what do we do? What do we do as shareholders? We say, no, that's fine. And you know what happens? Accounting allows you to do it. <laughs> so there's no, there's no, uh, what's the word, reminder of what you lost. The accounts are square. 
<laughs> so I, I, for me, it's staggering. And there are every set of results that is coming through at the moment yes. has impairments where the people in charge, yes, whether it's COVID, whether it's lockdown, that doesn't matter. Shareholders' money has been written off. And therefore, whether it's uh, wittingly or unwittingly, it's been written off. Yes. And what happens is from now on, analysts, you know, who are at all the big houses, at all the big investment managers, they're going to look, they're not going to look at the past, they're going to look in the future and say, okay, this is where we are now. Well, how wonderful these chaps have done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, the, 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 the accounts are clean. So yeah, Julian, I, I you just, should be ashamed I of yourselves, you bean counters. Uh, you you really should. And Absolute. also someone... Some, I agree with you. Someone else who should be ashamed of himself, uh, and actually not so much him because he's um, he's obviously mentally ill, uh, but the people that vote for him is Donald Trump. Kelly yeah. and Conway, his... Mm. his, his, his his favourite spokes, spokeswoman yeah. and a staunch supporter has suddenly resigned. And that's the worst possible time. I mean, there must be something behind this. The RNC, the Republican National Convention, is starting right now and she's resigned. She's announced her resignation. What message does that send? Steve Bannon, one of the biggest, again, supporters, is going to jail. It's the 10th person that has been arrested in the Trump circle, which is extraordinary. And number three, the sister of Trump has in secretly recorded messages called him, uh, you know what? He's, he, this is his, this is her brother, for goodness sake. I mean, she may say this around the Trump, the, the Trump table on a, on a Sunday lunch or at Thanksgiving or something. But no, she's broadcast this or it's been broadcast around the world. What on earth is going on? And yet the evangelists and the Christian base of Trump won't, will say nothing. They won't say, well, what would Jesus do? I don't want to get religious here. I'm not a person of faith. But if you're a Christian and you look at what Mr. Trump has done, then I don't know how you sleep at night because that's not the values that you've been know, brought up with. I know, I know. That's, I, you know, that's how we believe and that's how we feel. But he has his base. You know, it's the same thing if you bring it home to South Africa. Yes. You've got the ACE, you know, you've got the ACE base, you've got the Zuma base and uh, uh, the Magashula base, sorry, that's ACE, and you've got yes. all these other, and you say, but how can they vote? I mean, it's so obvious what they're doing. And uh, it's the same thing. They've got supporters there who, uh, whatever, for uh, whatever reason, uh, ACE represents uh, what they believe in, you know, and, and you can't bring him to justice. So I, I, it, it's staggering. But for a country like America, um, I think, you know, a man like Trump who's taken them down to the lowest domin uh, uh, common denominator, mm. uh, it's, it's mad that he has even a slight chance of a second term. And, and, and he has and a also chance. You've got to look at the Republic thing. You've got to look yeah. at the senators and you've got to look at the people who come to support him as well. You know, you've, you've got to, that's where the questions are. They're complicit. Be asked. They're complicit because yeah, they're so cowardly. Right. Mm. Absolutely right. There are a few now that are starting to you know, turn around and to, because they want re-election and they can read, sometimes they can read, you know, the mood of the electorate. So there are people, but whether this translates 
into Biden winning? I don't know. I, I'm so nervous. I am. If he was, if, so, if he was an so Obama-style character, I mean, if yeah. he was young and he was vibrant and he was eloquent and he can actually string a sentence together without having a teleprompter in yeah. front of him, then it would be an open and shut case. But because yeah. Mr. Biden is, is slightly older than Mr. Trump and yeah. he, he's made a few gaffes. And he's maybe not there for two terms. I, 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 I fear. I fear for a, the, a very close run election. Don't you? I know. I, I do as well. I, you know, that's that's. Uh, I'm not. This is not uh, an open and shut case. I'm very, very nervous. I'm very, but very you know, nervous. You know, you mentioned. Yes, you mentioned go on. Anybody who's come out there, whether it's John Bolton, you know, anybody who has ever worked for him behind the scenes has come out and says. Man's not competent. No, he's not fit to run. You know, he's not fit to run. There's anyway, a film coming out a- actually next week called Unfit. It's coming out. I think it's coming out on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know, but anyway, it's called Unfit, and apparently, it's very, very good, and it exposes him. And it'll come out, unfortunately, not before the national convention, which is which has just started in uh-huh. in Washington. Funnily enough. Uh, but anyway, David, um, we have to wrap it up now, but we have to mention, of course, yeah. the UEFA Champions League mm-hmm. final mm-hmm. last night. So Bayern Munich is a phenomenal story. They yeah. sacked their manager. Yeah. They were fourth in the league in November. And there's a chap called called Flick, Herr Flick. He, he took over in November, took them from fourth to the top of the Bundesliga. They won the league. They yeah. won the German Cup. And now they've won the uh, European yeah. Cup. What a sp- and he's a quiet man as well, and he's very dignified. The Germans are amazing, and one of your players, one of your Arsenal players, was was a key part of that team. And he's now worth a hundred million. Yeah, I know. And and Wenger let him go, and I think yep. regrettably let him go. Whether he would never have stayed at Arsenal, you know, he would never have. No. Uh, he wouldn't have stayed there. But Herr Flick, don't you remember those uh, hello, hello? Hello, hello. Did you ever yeah. watch us? Yes, of course. Yeah, Herr Flick. <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought when I saw it. But uh, he's quiet, you know. He's not like Mourinho yeah. or, or, or Klopp. No. He hasn't got that sort of charisma, but, but he sits down. He's soccer. lovely. Mm. I love both sides. I think they played attacking, fast, fast soccer. But you know what? What? What impressed me on both sides was the defence. Yes. You know, I mean, superb defence. Both sides very, very well organised. Even for uh, PSG, which plays, I would say, in an inferior league. Although they'd get very cross if you said that. I mean, but uh, great teams and, and and superb skills. You know, under great pressure. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the Barcelona quiet, soft stuff. This was fast and pacey, mm. and uh, you, you know, oh, yeah, it was a, a terrific. I don't know, very good. Yeah. I mean, people I say, well, it wasn't a five-goal thriller, but I, I enjoyed yeah, it. I, I thought it was a terrific I game. I enjoyed it no, every second of it. I know. Mm. David, thank you very much for your time. We'll speak to you again tomorrow okay. evening on the five o'clock shadow with Nick Kunza from Sun and Private Wealth. That was David Shapiro, and that was Shapiro. Will David is from Sassman Securities. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.